0: Of Reichman University. Film fanatics.
1: fanatics. From the silver screen to your earphones, with Alan Azulai and Gal Balaban.
2: Welcome back to Film Fanatics, where we talk about the movies that have obsessed, excited, and inspired. As you know, I'm Alan. And I'm Gall. And this is a special day because it's our first Israeli podcast crossover and our season finale all in the same day. That's just
3: wild. We're joined by two incredible podcasters tonight. They host events at the Tel Aviv Cinematheque, including movie screenings, conversations, trivia nights. They are Nitai and Liar. They are the movie eaters. team.
4: Oh my God, it's like the end game of podcasting. Yeah. Of Israeli cinema philosophical podcasting. podcasting.
1: <laughs> and it's amazing that this is your grand finale episode. It's an honor to be here.
4: And whoever is on our feed, welcome back to Movie Eaters, the philosophical cinema podcast about cinema,
1: philosophy, and and everything in in between. between, Everything? Everywhere, all at once.
4: Oh my God, we are not used to doing it in English, (laughs) Uh, but it is a special episode and we are trying our best and I am sorry in advance if my fake British accent hurts anybody's ears. (laughs) (laughs) But, Liad, tell us about yourself in English. So, I'm Liad Herman, I'm an entrepreneur, entrepreneur? Wow, I made it. I'm an entrepreneur and a film fanatic. And here with Ooh. me is Nitai Dagan.
1: I'm Nitai Dagan, a writer, director, and a heartbreaker for
4: today. Uh, not guess. just today, darling. Yeah. And <laughs> <laughs> uh, With uh, not... With us in the studio, due to some very exciting news, which we are not allowed to talk about, is Arnon Rosenthal, the third party of movie eaters, Ochle who is a PhD in philosophy. And, and actor. And today, a ghost.
1: So, um, let's dive into it. Today, we're talking about Scott Pilgrim versus the world, or in Hebrew, Ha-Exiot ha
3: there's some really weird Hebrew translations and I've had like conversations with multiple people about it. Like the hangover one is really weird. Um, it's like, let's stop at Vegas before, before the, wedding. the wedding. Yeah. Too. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Scott Pilgrim vs. the World is um, from a filmmaker I know you guys love, Edgar Wright. You guys recently did a Cornetto Trilogy marathon. I know that.
4: And the, and the uh, video essay about yeah. it. Yeah,
3: right. So we got Michael Cera as Scott Pilgrim, and he is... Michael Cera. Sarah. Did Sarah. I say Cera? Um, so he's trying to score Ramona Flowers so he can dump his other girlfriend, Knives Child. Chow- it sounds horrible when I say it, but he has to fight her seven evil exes in order to prove his love I guess it sounds terrible in that description but believe me this is a very very special movie it came out in 2010 and since then has gained a following even though I was surprised to learn this it didn't make all its money back at the box office and theaters, which is a it sad fact.
4: It mm. boa-bombed in the box yeah. office. Which is weird. It's not weird at all, I think, and we, we will discuss it. Um, but as Gunn mentioned, I think that like Scott Pilgrim starts where with Scott Pilgrim dating a high schooler and being told... Uh, persistently that he's a dick, and <laughs> he's been acting like a douche for the whole movie, and he needs to learn how to stop douching. Yeah, uh,
1: if you, yeah, you can look at that this way, but in other ways, I feel like it's a very much a film about a broken heart and a a poor way to treat it. And I feel like if you're looking at at the film from the girl's perspective, it's like you're the douchiest motherfucker on earth. But if you're looking at from Scott's point of view, it's like, how can I man- manage picking up all of those pieces of my so heart?
2: I agree. Mm. Still an asshole. Yeah, yeah,
4: yeah. for yeah. sure, for sure. <laughs> for sure. <laughs> Nitai usually protects the assholes. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's like his his job here. And, <laughs>
3: <laughs> and I love that Michael Cera's version of the asshole isn't like aggressive. He's just like, yeah, whatever. I'm gonna go be with my girlfriend. Like he's just such a passive. No, but I
4: do think that that the in in the writing it's a we are diving in very quickly yeah. so i'll just finish that point and then we'll go back to how was it to watch the film but in the writing itself um the the narrator gives us hints about scott pilgrim being just a douche yeah. and, and one of them is the very first uh, uh one of the very first sentences of the movie which is scott pilgrim is high is dating a high schooler because it's easy <laughs> uh, <laughs>
1: How was it to watch the film at the first time, and how was it to, f- to watch it today?
2: I'm going to be honest, I don't remember that much watching it for the first time, because yeah. it has been a while. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I will recount my experience yesterday, which is when I rewatched it. Cool. Uh, so, first of all, I, I'm proud to say that I actually gave the movie money.
1: You gave it money? Yeah. In what way?
2: We, we were just saying like how it failed miserably in the box in the box <laughs> office. I just gave it sixteen shekels on the iTunes store yesterday <laughs>
3: to nice. rent it out
4: because I couldn't find it in any streaming service ever. So (laughs) So you're so right to the point where I got a phone from Nitai yesterday saying, can I use your personal server connected from afar and watch the film? Which was the (laughs) worst experience ever, but I'll talk about it. So Gal, how was your experience
1: at the first time and today?
3: Literally, I was like 12. And it was even like on an iPad, maybe. It was like on the drive back from like a family trip. Oh my God. But I loved it. I I don't really remember like what my taste when I was twelve was based on, but I was already really into movies, watching them really often, and it was always such a special movie. Like I just loved the energy of it, mm-hmm. and then rewatching it. I don't think I said this before, but rewatching it now, I think it might have made up my ranking to just my favorite, one of my favorite movies to watch and enjoy. Wow! Because um, it's like, it's man, this movie is like. It's special. I feel like every moment it like leaves you wanting more, but in the best way. And there's like so many running gags to unpack or so many like little jokes that have a hidden meaning behind them and whatnot. So yeah.
4: That's amazing. amazing. So <laughs> Nitai.
1: Uh, for me watching it the first time it was 13 years ago at the cinema it was wow. amazing like I, it blew my mind it like, made me very jealous Yeah <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I loved it and it it stuck with me for years afterwards when I moved to New York my first short film was like very much inspired by
4: the aesthetics of Edgar Wright I got to say it's really good we, Thank you. we made an episode about it it's very Edgar Wright <laughs> but uh, you gave it your own touch, which is important.
1: Thank you. Wow. That's a so that's
4: high praise right there. Yeah. yeah thank I you. Yeah. friends on guys. Andrew. Check it out. <laughs> Check it's it free out. Online. Yeah,
1: on Vimeo and Facebook. But is it in watching, Hebrew or English? Uh, it's in English. <laughs> it's I made it in, it in New York, like American Actors and everything. Yeah, it's just like five and a half minutes, but uh, you'll be the judge if it's good or not.
2: I would definitely watch Looking it. Looking forward but to it. That yeah. sounds awesome. Cool.
1: So, like, after watching it the first time, um i watched it i rewatched it a lot and i feel like it's a film that you oh what's going on after um watching it the first time i re-watched it a lot and i feel like it's a film that you should watch more than once with more than once because like Agreed. watching it uh one time it's like a lot of stuff are being hidden from you and then the second time it rises up the transitions and the scenes and the the all the aesthetics are like glowing. So for me, it's like amazing. But yesterday it was so bad because they <laughs> <laughs>
4: But it's not on the film though.
1: Yeah, I wanted uh Liad's user like in a specific platform because it's not available in Israel. Liad, how was your first time and how was the?
4: I remember it very clearly. I was a soldier. I was twenty. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I was about. Uh, scott's age scott's pilgrim age and and were you
2: dating a high schooler no good Uh, not (laughs) that you remember right
4: now (laughs) very good i went with nadav ben who is a close friend of the podcast and he might he's a scientist who gives us uh, scientific uh, segments to our podcast and the one thing nadav is more than a scientist he's just he's a gamer He's a true gamer. Really? In, in the truest sense of the form, we were playing Nintendo Super System in his his big brother's Nintendo when we were kids and so on. And I, I will never forget this screening because the movie begins, Universal logo goes up, it's in 8-bit, and it sounds I like game. I forgot about that. That was incredible. <laughs> and the Nadav just, like, eyes pop out. And the movie begins. And it's really good. It's well-made. Like, you're still in the very beginning. And it's it starts like a rom-com. Yeah. Like, a, a rom-com with some... Comic uh, elements. Yes. And then we get to the first fight. The Indian Bollywoodish um brawler, in a way. Mm. And then suddenly... Played by a gal?
3: Um, mm. Satya Baba it's the most memorable character name ever Matthew, Patel? I, Matthew Patel Matthew Patel I yes. love that so much <laughs> yeah.
4: and then people start leaving the, the cinema no way And, 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 the, the no way. and, and as much as Nadav I'm enjoys kidding. the film more more people are leaving. It was like a gate. <laughs> oh, my God. The Hebrew translation
3: must have put a lot of people off. So, like, oh, what a cute movie No, about first, first of all, the, the,
4: the translation was terrible, and it really yeah. hurt the film. But more than that, I think that, and I, I will touch upon it, uh, I think that this film more than philosophically, and mm. we got asked yesterday. But we have a group of friends. who We talk about it before recordings and so on. And one of the friends, she said, "Well, it's a really beautiful, guy, beautiful film about the douche." But what philosophically do you have to add to the conversation, other than like aesthetics? Yeah. So first of all, aesthetics is important, but more importantly, I think that this film is giving a, is the perfect gamer film or the perfect gamer movie, not only because it's one of the only good films that actually touch upon gaming and the gaming experience and the gaming aesthetics, but also because it changes its narrative uh, rules to accommodate the narrative rules of a video game. And that allows us to have a very different cinematic experience. Mm -hmm. Having said that, most people are not gamers, and most people have expectations from a movie. And I think that this movie breaks them. And it's not only those people in my screening the first time I saw it, but in the box office it shows very clearly and also it had one of the worst second week's drops by that time. Like, this did not resonate with common audiences at all. Yeah. But it really caught a niche, a very, sorry, it's meant. But it really caught a niche, a very specific crowd, and became a gem, a cult classic for them. Yeah. And I think I have an explanation to how and why, but we'll delve into it a little bit Interesting. later. But
1: let's talk a little bit about the source materials, right? Because it came out as a comics, and then a film, and then a game.
2: Mm. No? It, no.
1: It's not the right uh, way? It's I don't know it either. <laughs> ah, okay, because like it... Got it. Let me Google
4: it? Okay. <laughs> no, no. no, he's.
3: I think he's right. Yeah. Uh, and then there's the anime show, which is TBD.
4: But it's it's uh, okay. Uri Agassi, do you want to join in? Uri Agassi, okay. our, our, uh, rico- technical, our uh, technical
3: leader.
2: Hey, it's Wikipedia. Uh, and by uh-huh. his face, uh, he was very upset of us not, not knowing The
3: Same yeah, month. Same month. Yeah. Hello.
0: My name is Uri. I'm a comic book nerd. I'm a sound engineer. And I was a gamer. The <laughs> we and
1: love you it, Uri. It,
0: <laughs> and it was like that. First, there was the comic. Um, by the time they made the movie, which came after that, the comic wasn't done. The oh, movie's ending right. affected the comic book's ending. Yeah. And then there's the game, which is an adaptation of the movie, but looks like the comic. Cool, okay, wow. so that... In some point in the future, we will have the anime show. On, I Netflix. feel like I
3: just unintentionally invited the vegan think, police here.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so, so
4: Mo, we'll touch upon the stru- structure and gaming in a second, but just... So, so we tend not to ask what is the movie about. We we try to be nicer and say, "How did you read the text? Like, what did you say in the film?" So I'm gonna be not nice. <laughs> Alan, <laughs> what is the movie about? What's the movie about? What is I this movie's? I agree with us? you,
2: in some sense. Uh, like I I not so much in the stru- structure wise of like how I felt about it. Yeah. But when it comes to what the movie is about, I think the movie is not really trying to like trick you or anything. But it begins, and you f- you feel like it's about um about her exes. yeah, like in the uh in the end, you realize, oh, he's worse than all of them. <laughs> 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 he's the actual evil X he's basically an evil x to her in a way by the end. to Ramona to Ramona, yeah, exactly, but he's also an evil x to nice. his, uh, to his three ex to yeah three, right yeah, because he's envy. Yeah, to to Envy as well. To
4: Knives, of course, the asshole, and And also to Ramona. And And Kim Kim is
0: is
1: the most, like, this is the character that most, like, you can feel it, you know? By her reactions, you're like, damn, Kim, she's wounded. Scott, if your
2: life had a face, I would punch it. Yeah. Wait, what? I mean, are you really happy or are you really evil? Like, do I have ulterior motives or something? I'm offended, Kim. Wounded, even? Hurt, Kim. You hurt. Like knives
3: is like knives did nothing wrong. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but you know, but, and, but hashtag, and it's, hashtag it, again,
4: knives it's the fourth wrong. fourth sentence in the movie. Where uh, AliExpress uh, Home Alone uh, brother <laughs> is looking <laughs> Ali, at her. He's like the, he's the better Home version, Alone brother, right? In my opinion. <laughs> like he's the Succession brother. Exactly. You know, he's oh,
1: the I, forgot, I forgot family. about it. it I forgot.
3: Like, it. Since then, he became really big. you He's yeah, right? literally the same character, like, right?
1: He's the same he's character the same from character. the exe- from he's, Succession. He's literally
3: yeah. playing gay Roman Roy. Exactly. Here.
1: Yeah. The gay
4: version of Roman Roy. Exactly. Yeah. Okay, yeah. So sorry. Um, <laughs> gay #GayRomanRoy #GayRomanRoy Yeah. Looks. <laughs> Knives, and he tells her.
3: You're too good for him. Run.
1: <laughs> and I feel like um, Michael Cera made a career of
4: being the nice guy. Yeah, the nice, the nice douchey guy, an
1: evil, do- adorable person. You know, he's saying the most evil stuff, but being adorable. Okay, while but he's. But I do. You I do believe
2: the movie, what the movie is about. Yeah. That's that, if you have to do it in like one line. I think it would be what happens to a nice guy when he gets fucked by love. I think that's Interesting. the that that
3: would be like the um, I didn't learn to be critical of Scott the first time I watched it cuz I was so young and like me being me I was just rooting for him to get the girl, you know? I was like, "Hey, he's the he's a cute guy. He wants the cute girl. You go, bro." Like
4: But unlike <laughs> another film from that era, which we had a very a uh, passionate, passionate uh, discussion about and a big, big episode about. We, we someone cried. It wasn't Arnon. Uh, stop saying <laughs> that about this episode. <laughs> That's okay. I'm the crier in our in our <laughs> show. Ah, you're okay.
2: crying on air. I know. I don't think I ever cried yeah. on air, but it we, almost happened. Once. It almost happened
4: once. <laughs> really? And, uh, I remember. But multiple
2: was. times, like we we're talking about a movie. Then I go. Yeah, I might have cried yesterday when I was watching.
4: <laughs> yeah, See, I I kind political drama. Yeah, and I feel
1: <laughs> I feel like in our episode of uh, Taxi Driver, I feel like I saw you like in the
4: no, I, I you just didn't t- cry during Taxi
1: Driver. No, no, I taxi uh, driver
4: okay. just felt like I needed to end to end life to end. Yeah, <laughs> oh, but <laughs> I saw so, I saw
1: you became like emotional in the studio. No, th- this movie was wait. A,
3: so what was the other movie from the era?
1: Yeah.
4: F- Five Hundred Days of Summer. Mm. Oh, he's worse (laughs) than that. Unlike 500 Days of Summer, that discussion we had whether the movie is critical or is not critical about the protagonist. Does he portray him as an asshole or not? Is he okay or not okay? This movie... Everybody is saying that he's an asshole. The movie recognizes him as a douchebag. Yeah. And his arc is to... Understand it. And forget the past, both of him and his girlfriend, or Mm. his love... uh, uh, Interest. uh, Interest. To overcome that. And that's the goal. She, on paper, looks like a manic pixie dream girl, but but she isn't. Exactly. And he's on paper the nice guy, but the movie doesn't allow him to be a nice guy. It's much more... uh, I don't want to say progressed, but... No, it's uh, intricate. It's intricate. Much more intricate. It's like...
3: Because in a lot of movies, like 80s, 70s, like the guy can be forgiven for almost anything that he does and still get the girl. Just by because the he's script. in love, right? It, yeah, it's now it's deconstructing. Because again, Ramona and Summer both are very much like manic pixie dream girls, which is why when I was 13, I was just like, yeah, you go, Joseph Gordon Lab. You were in you love go with Scott both of Pilgrim. them, weren't you?
1: Uh, uh, who was it? Ramona. <laughs> <but> <laughs> yeah. No,
4: but, but she's not in manic pixie She's not. Dream, and I feel like yeah. the
1: way that Edgar writes or the actress, um, are getting it, getting the fact that she's not a manic pixie dream girl is because of acting and directing yeah. her as an actress. Because, like, the only thing that you know about her that she has a sub-conscience highway. I was going to say, yeah, that yeah. she appears in dreams. <laughs> in, in dreams. <laughs> a she, uh, it's yeah, a big subspace. thing in the
4: comics, which they kind of neglect in the movie due to time, but she, she has a... she can. Get into the subspace, and this like is fucking cool. Her, her her backpack has a subspace, and the doors have subspace, and, Amazing. and she got trained so by the guys from
3: inception. And in the, basically, to
2: be fair, yeah. and also in the end, they do go through like a door to the mm-hmm. to, so yeah. So like that, that's I a f- nice little little reference in that. But I
1: feel like the only thing that you know about her that she has a way to a subspace that you don't know what it is, yeah. And you know her attitude, and the fact that she has this most come and uh, secure attitude you feel like she knows what she wants and everybody in this film doesn't know so yeah. especially Scott
4: no and she, and she she's a full character she's uh, not she's not manic at all yeah, yeah. she's uh, she's very much a uh, she comes out of a very Intense toxic relationship. Relationships. <laughs> like no, a but, but that's not true because when you look hey, uh, at the no actual ones. stories of those relationships, yeah, none of them. She, most of them, she was the, she toxic, was the toxic element, one, except with Gideon. Except yeah. with Gideon, who collects all of them to cause
1: her pain. It's weird that you said that. It's it's not weird, but it's interesting that you said that. It's about a nice guy that uh, learns how to live life because of a heartbreak, right? Something no, no, like that.
2: no. I Like, uh, what happens when, a, like, a really nice guy, like, gets hurt and he goes, like, full ass.
3: Berserk.
1: Yeah, but I feel like it's not... Uh, I felt that it's not, like, he got hurt and then became asshole. It's just, like, he He's doesn't know what got to do. Hurt. <laughs> no, yeah, no, he doesn't have, like... um. The self-esteem that he needs in order to overcome his hurtness. I
3: mean, they spell it out know? for you. Scatter yeah. the power of self-respect. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Scatter
2: the power of self-respect. The whole point was him getting his self-esteem, like his, uh, like, that's what he gets in the end. Because in the like in the fake ending, he professes his love, and it goes like, oh, he he learned the power of love, and you're like, oh, that's what the movie was all about. But when spoiler alert, he dies and <laughs> comes back, and the real he ending is his self-esteem and is like him being self-assured and all that. That's what drove me to that uh, that particular phrase. You know? yeah, I, I,
4: I think that there is a, so uh, this brings me to kind of the next topic and a, a bit how I felt watching it last night. Mm-hmm. Last night, uh, the story didn't work for me so much. Really, first of all, it felt like a lot. Yeah, I, I, it the is. movie attacked me Like it, it's not a long <laughs> movie but it felt like uh, violence in uh, <laughs> my eyeballs oh my oh, <laughs> wow <laughs> I, I don't know was I think may, maybe that's retrospect because the first time I saw it or when Edgar the first time like we, we knew of Edgar Wright and yeah. Shaun of the Dead and so on yeah, you were amazing and we were teenagers and it was like oh my god you can make films like that and we've done Shaun of the Dead on the pod very it's nice amazing. but yesterday it was a bit much so either I'm getting older or I think that the story and the narrative of Scott Pilgrim and mm-hmm. becoming self-respectable and, and understanding and, and not only that, like he, he he's not only s- self-respecting, but he's also respecting towards others, which I think th- that self-respect yeah. sort kind of misses. He tells them he mm-hmm. cheated on them. He respects his band. He respects his friends. He respects even Gideon to a point and. Um, he's becoming Except a selfless in a sense yeah uh, yes he's, for sure yeah. and then and, part and, of and I feel like
1: Gideon. and you can be a selfless person
4: only if you have a self respect i feel that the substance of the film does not rely necessarily with the arc that uh, scott actually is going through. going through but the way that he goes through it and this brings me back to kind of the the like the the newer element i would like to to offer regarding that film mm-hmm. uh, and why do I truly believe that this is the perfect gamer's movie or the perfect gamer's film or cinematic experience if what this movie does in both its cinematic language and in its structure mm-hmm. is a, the simulacra or the 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 simu- it's more uh, a, a simulation, simulation yeah. Yeah. the simulation of the arc you go through as a gamer while playing a video game.
2: Not in the video game itself.
1: Yeah. Or like... When you're going out to live.
4: Now, this is a very specific kind of, of adaptation because you are adapting a comic book which is trying to catch the the feeling of a video game. But to me, there are some movies that fall flat, like Ang Lee's Hulk Oh, oh, kick-ass. don't like kick Oh, ass? I love kick-ass. I think that it's it's a oh, lot man. of fun, but it does not portray a, the medium of comics very well. It uses it as a cliche. Well, I, I I don't strongly feel like disagree about yeah, the case Yeah, I don't of feel like ass. it's a cliche.
1: Just like taking the the comics and then shifting it in order to fit the film medium. And what Scott Pilgrim does, it's playing with the medium. With the medium. Exactly. Yeah. So the it's same not goes cliche, for Marvel. It's just like...
4: Unlike Into the Spider-Verse, which we had our second episode about ever, which played with the medium of cinema itself. And changed the industry because of it. Exactly. And I think Scott Pilgrim is very successful in playing with the medium yeah. and bring the viewer to a position where the internal arc of consumption of media represent or simulate mm-hmm. what i go through as a gamer when i play a classic game not necessarily the same arc not the story arc but the viewer's arc yeah emotional I, arc the emotional arc i have when watching a film well, and it's I'll,
3: very much a live action spider
2: I, I will say um, <laughs>
4: wow a strong statement as well <laughs> it's
2: yeah it's it's in I, terms I of like, like how much it uses b- the um,
3: effects, you know? Like it's yeah. very much like that.
2: I will say you you said that this movie also like like the way that it um basically shows itself as like a video game, right? Instead of like a movie but at the same time it's a very movie movie, right? Like a uh, you, you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. I don't know yeah. if, I, if I'm It's very cinematic exactly. in a way. But what I wanted to add to that is that for me uh, I'm also a comic book fan, and oh my god, I, I'm also a comic book fan and uh, and a video game fan. I'm not that much on video games anymore because being an adult sucks. Uh, <laughs> but uh, <laughs> a strong
1: statement as well,
2: <laughs> a correct statement. <laughs> uh, but uh, this movie actually felt a lot, at least watching it last night. Kind of felt a lot of like reading a comic as well. I, yeah. I mean, that's what the, I mean, the, the
3: like vi- you know, the way they pan, the way they sort of add, like. And, Animation and, think, and like text,
1: the well, visual storytelling talking. is very comicsy. We talked about um, form over substance, and I feel like in this specific film, he managed to take the spatial element of comics and then putting it on um on a timeline. You know what I mean? Like he's taking the spatial thing, the the space of storytelling, like on comics, and doing it on like rhythm and on the way that the scenes are going back to back one after another.
4: When I write a script, Nitai, how do I write it? Uh, On a paper? Yes, but I also have a structure, (laughs) right? And that is the three-act
1: structure? structure?
4: Yes, very good. (laughs) Uh, Explain it very quickly.
1: Okay, a three-act structure, it's a very Hollywood way to write (coughs) scripts. You have like uh, the first structure, which is like the inciting incident, and then... uh, a three plot point, which the the last plot point is the major setback, which the hero is beca- having like the worst experience ever, and then he's having a change at the last part of the third act, and
4: then he changes Rising and completes and, and gets acts, to a catharsis action. and so on. Yeah, mm-hmm. great, perfect. This movie doesn't necessarily do that, and more importantly than that, mm-hmm. the way that we usually perceive film yeah. as a medium is through a lens of the three-act structure. Yeah. And what helps um, movie directors like you to get faster to those points is what we like to call shorthands or genre. Just the film, not the film language itself uh, necessarily, like mm-hmm. not what lens do I use, but some elements that if I use them, the viewer knows what to expect. But I'm going to challenge you there. I do think the
3: movie follows the three-act structure.
4: Uh, because uh, I'm, I believe... Not, and I, <laughs> but you have to you have to ride my wave and and see where it's going, and then and then we can we can debate it. Uh, let's fine. Go ahead. <laughs> start. Start. But let, let's let's talk about shorthands just for a second. I'm building a logical. Uh, yeah, I can there. see that. Shorthands in movies is, for an example, gal. If you would walk into a room but you would have an eye patch and a big scar and you were wearing a black hat, he's so a I'm pirate. Nick Fury. Mm? Oh.
1: <laughs> You're Nick Fury, but also a pirate.
4: And also the bad guy. Okay? <laughs> if it's raining, <laughs> yes, we're well sad. If it's a, if it's a sunny day and there is the Kinks or the Beatles playing in the background, it's good. Uh, yeah. Like, we have shorthands of showing us, you can call it like a trope or a cliche. A trope, yeah, yeah. A cliche, exactly. Yeah. Now, the shorthand that this movie, uh, like, even from the, its language, the shorthands mm-hmm. this movie is using are gamer shorthands. Uh, and it uses it from the very early to the very end by showing us the P-bar. See, that's why the movie is always, like, being called, like you said, like,
3: transmedia narrative is sort of the word because it's relying so much on video game culture to, yeah. to use. But I think it is utilizing those similar elements, like... It's this version of shedding the light, but I think it's also relying on, I don't want to say rules, but it, there is a structure. There is sort of like There emotions. is very much a structure. And but th- I,
4: I think that unlike Ready Player One, mm-hmm. which Spielberg made, which is just callbacks upon callbacks for gaming. His own career also. Also, <laughs> the, the curve, the, the arc you go through as a gamer Mm-hmm. is very different to the arc w- while playing a game, especially old games, Yeah. Uh, but not necessarily. even new ones that are like platform games and so on, is very different to the arc you go through as a moviegoer because one of the most important elements in gaming mm-hmm. is what is usually known as knowledge acquisition. And I'll explain. Anyone, a new, someone who never played games, uh, the most like prolific gamer, anyone can start a game on the first level. You give the Mario, they can start playing a game. Like it's like built, right away. Yeah, it's there is a tutorial, but it's built for someone that to doesn't come know fresh anything and doesn't have the knowledge. And it gets like
2: increasingly hard. It gets
4: increasingly hard, but how does it get increasingly hard? You're learning and uh, and acquiring knowledge. You're acquiring knowledge and skills. It can be weapons. It can be like different webbings for Spider-Man. It can be a crossbow for Link. It can be a a new... Another word that you learn uh, or another... The
2: evolutions in Mario that you get
4: the... The 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 mushroom. Perfect, perfect, perfect. And it's more than that. The way that you acquire them and the way that you acquire the knowledge of how to use them yeah. is based on levels. And usually in the end of the level, you have a mini-boss. You have a boss fight, yeah. someone. And, and there you go. And also them uses, like you need to use the new acquired knowledge in order to get to past. Them. But cool. you're still very
3: much having the rising action. It does still feel like Matthew Patel is end of act one. Exactly. Yeah.
4: But Matthew Patel is the, is the end of Act one. but then Act 2 doesn't operate as a full act but you get different acts by different axes and each one of them, Scott Pilgrim learns and acquires knowledge and skill. Matthew Patels he, 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 he defeats by punching and he learns that uh, he learns about his goal in the movie which is uh, defeating the seven evil axes. X number two, mm-hmm. he defeats by deception.
1: <laughs> the ex number yeah. two is the actor right it's Captain America yeah. Yeah.
4: and he defeats him not only by learning that first of all he acquires the knowledge that Ramona was the one who left him and he, he defeats him by deception by convincing him to do the the impossible the railroad the impossible, thingy. Railroad, uh, the impossible thingy. thingy yeah and not only that can
1: you do a thingy now the yeah, girls right. are watching. Yeah. <laughs> can you if you're it's afraid? It's the most can... like
3: early Chris Evans career thing he could have done because he was coming off human torch. So he was very much like this um in <laughs> like not, a, heart... not
2: another teen movie
3: as well. He was yeah. also yes. an
4: asshole like that. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> when you defeat the the, the Dr. Octopus in the new Spider-Man game, yeah. It's not only because you have the new cool suit, but it's because you already in your fingertips, like sim in, in you got the knowledge. You've
2: been, you've been Rhino and uh, yeah. the and, Vulture. And, and, and you already and know yeah. how yeah. to do it. The
4: yeah. catharsis is, is of everything you learned and everything you felt all coming into one. And that's exactly what the, the structure of the movie recognizes with Scott. And in the end, after he dies, yeah. and he comes back with a uh, one-up, <laughs> of course. <laughs> Great. He, Getting alive. He's going through and defeating the different obstacles of the end with things he learned, and by the same order, he gets to the club. He punches them like he punches Patel. Then ah. he, like, he like he he's um, for the second the second guard. He, um, <laughs> he he manipulates them. Then when he gets to his band, like he he confesses to them about his wrongings and so on and so on. So by the end, when he gains his self-respect when he's actually able to do so after confessing to, to knives, stuff, it's not only the catharsis of the his personal story, mm-hmm. but it's an acquired knowledge and an acquired set of emotions that we have acquired with him along the way. Mm-hmm. Within a story, it works perfectly. like It's, it's music to our ears. Yeah. Whereas someone who just who looks at it as a film can see it a bit shallow because in the end, of, okay, you learn not to be an asshole.
3: Like the way you were just saying it, that was encapsulating what you've been saying this whole time. No, but, about but a gamer y- you're right movie. because,
4: like, it's the perfect gamer film and it hurts it because it yeah. chooses both to do a, ga- a video game structure and video game shorthands. Again, going back to Zelda's uh, uh, yeah. tunes and so on. And
1: not for like, it's not a coincidence that the first scene when he's telling them about knives. Young Neil is playing the Zelda, and then yeah. all of the scene you can hear the Zelda th- stuff, like just like the the first scene in the film. You're like, I'm in a Zelda game. Like, what's going on?
4: Uh, and and, and uh, it goes also there are some shorthands regarding the in the music industry. But When they do yeah. battle of the bands, and the other bands uh, they have a song about stop or die or whatever, and it's a two, two second song. Oh, that's so sad. Oh, that is oh, so, so, sad. So, so sad. sad. Yeah. That's like a callback to Napalm Death. Yeah, hundred percent. Never hear. Don't truly. If you like your ears, don't listen to (laughs) Napalm Death. But (laughs) Napalm Death is really
3: one of my favorite jokes in the movie. (laughs) And I feel like this is something that like experimental bands would actually do. Like it's not that far-fetched that they would just do like a one-word song. So so Napalm Death,
4: which is it's a it's a hardcore metal punk band from California, they Mm -hmm. have like fifteen-second songs, very very loud, but. I got it. I'm doing right after this because I'm a geek and I got it. And I got the Zelda because I'm a geek and I got it. And I got the 8-bit because I, I, somehow he made a movie for a very specific audience. But by doing that, by he being so back, he killed the other uh, exactly exactly. Yeah. But
1: I feel like we didn't talk about the most important thing in the film for me, which was not the mastery of Edgar Wright that we're gonna talk about it if we'll have the time. But the fact that there's a this is a coming of age story, and Ooh. we didn't say a word out, of it, a, like word about it.
4: But is it is it coming of age?
1: Yeah, and I feel like it's Uri Agassi has yeah. another things to say about it. Uri
4: Agassi, who is in the age of Scott Pilgrim, has the right same now, haircut of Scott Pilgrim, <laughs> and, he's <laughs> and he's treating girls like Scott really Pilgrim. So wow. Just kidding. I was waiting for this moment because
0: while listening to you, I had an epiphany. Really? Do any of you have any of you read the comic? Wait,
4: you you had an epiphany?
0: Yeah. Put in the Zelda soundtrack. <laughs> <laughs> Do any of you know how the comic ends? Uh. Wait, wait. How does it end? Yep. Okay. Uh. So, and that's how the movie affected it, because Scott gets his comeuppance. Uh. Like... Do explain. In the comic, uh, there's a fourth ex. He has a fourth ex named Lisa, which uh, knew him and Kim in high school. Whoa. And when Ramona dumps him, you know, when Gideon brainwashed uh, yeah, her and stuff, she comes back like from somewhere. She moved away, mm-hmm. and like she reflects to him, and then all his friends reflect to him that he's a shitty person. Amazing. And Like this, this comic book, which was like hyper vibrant and fun, video gamey and uh, manga esque, it, it just whiplashes you. Because suddenly people tell him you're an asshole. And Amazing. You win.
3: Maybe put Lisa in the anime <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Netflix if you're listening.
0: So justice for Lisa. Another hashtag. That's <laughs> how the movie changed the comic.
3: Amazing.
0: When it connects to the hero journey you mentioned, because he has one.
1: Yeah, and I feel like the the journey that he has as a character, it's not like a journey of, uh, getting to know who I am. You know, I just he knows that. He realizes that he acted wrong, but he doesn't know himself better. Like not in a way that I would expect the film to end when I saw it like the first time. But it is a coming of a story, and I feel like this is the way that the film doesn't have like a, a form over substance because like the way that it edited and shot, it's the way that you feel when you're growing up. Like everything mushes together to one long experience of like, where am I? What's going on? Like, who's the per? This person t- told me this, or like the other person, or I was dating this girl, or maybe <laughs> it was a year afterwards when I dated this girl, like. So I feel like the way... And you dream about cute girls. (laughs) Yeah, and they appear in your life afterwards. Like, what's going on?
3: Well, I don't know if this tops my Edgar Wright rating, ranking. Now I'm flubbing my... In terms of, like, heart in the script, I think this is, like, up there for him where he has an actual... This isn't his only movie with a character arc, but the other ones are a lot more action-centric. This is a lot more... Like, I guess because it's rooted in the sweetness of the coming of age. You talked about him, like admitting his wrongs my favorite sort of throwaway line from that is young neil you will now be known as just neil, neil. yeah Which, or he doesn't even say just he just says neil i love and young
1: neil like he's the best character of the film in my opinion like- <laughs> he's
3: like a background character usually yeah, it just like one of the other character let's Let's dive into this next part, which is the cast. I think you mentioned the cast is incredibly stacked. And I think every performance here speaks so much to their talents and why they continue to succeed after. Like we've talked plenty about Scott, um, but Mary Elizabeth Winstead, I think wow. she's perfect as Ramona. Like, not a lot of people talk about how brilliant her comedic timing is. Yes, and it took me like a lot more to notice. Like, her, the monotone in her voice is bringing so much to like the humor, and she plays off of Syrah so well. And it's so different from everything that she's done after.
4: Yeah, which I don't know if you guys. Uh, what did she do after?
3: So a year after I saw Scott Pilgrim for the first time, I saw Ten Cloverfield Lane in theaters. Amazing. Which, um, it's a really it's a great, really movie. good
4: battle. Like, I it. think I didn't see it's a great three, like three people thriller. in the bunker. John Perfect. Goodman.
3: Also, after I don't know if you guys watched the show Fargo.
4: Yeah. He,
3: it's where she met her now husband, Ewan McGregor. and uh, they're both McGregor? brilliant in that. She's, she's like... she's uh,
4: Obi-Wan's wife.
1: Hello. No way. <laughs> she's wow. Mrs. Kenobi. Oh, hello Mrs. Kenobi. Hello there. Hello, da. Oh, oh, hello governor.
4: It's nice, in it. You see you missed my reference to Star completely Wars. Completely missed it. That's, <laughs> why, completely that's why you cannot it. enjoy the film <laughs> with eyes. <ice. laughs>
2: We were all here on the Kenobi train, yeah. And then he went on a British train. The other Wow, it's and a weird connection ad, it, it, from Scott man. Pilgrim
1: Scottish. to
4: um because he's a Scot. You know that his yeah. brother is a pilot, and his key sign in the airplane is. Are OB2? we still talking
3: about you and Mc? Mag- oh, uh, really? <laughs> yeah. Wait, I have to to wait.
4: The
3: I crawl tunnel. Wait, the Seder the crow right tunnel. Now.
2: The Seder. I thought they met in the set of Birds of Prey. Am I wrong?
3: No, they've been together since Fargo.
2: Okay, because they sure, were also both in Bo- Birds of Prey. Yeah, which he was the villain. Wow, he's one of the heroes. 100%. So
1: you're saying that train spotting is connected to Scott Pilgrim in a way?
3: Yeah. 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 And then I just want say Plaza. because
2: everyone fall in lo- fell in love with her as Ramona Flowers. Yeah, uh, I did not. I fell in love with her as the bad guy in Sky High. She you was know, the best. You never seen guy? Sky High. Yeah, it's a really wow, good film. It's nice. film. She's the villain in Sky High, and she's incredible. I've seen like wow. the first five minutes, and that's
3: it. And
1: and, it's amazing film. It's, uh, like it's as kind a of teenager like, seeing it,
2: it's it's amazing. Like it was my favorite movie as a teenager. Yeah, and like I remember, like because in Sky High, she's a good, like she's supposed to be like the rom- the good romantic interest. And then the the twist of the movie is that she's the villain. Is
3: That she's Regina Whoa. George. So, uh, so we, we
1: we just spoiled another movie. Yeah, yeah. It's, oh, come on, it's, <laughs> it's two thousand and six. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah.
2: But um, but yeah. So that's when I fell in love with her as a child. <laughs> Amazing.
4: Amazing. It's a preteen. <laughs> Anna Kendrick, so, *Bargain yeah. Bean, *Home Alone*. Like <laughs> <he laughs> we are diving into it. Uh, so Aubrey Plaza. Yeah.
3: Um, I don't, you guys have both seen *White Lotus*. I know we have. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's like. I've always been vouching for her. There's this show, I don't know if any of you guys have seen it, Legion, which it's based on like a Marvel comic.
4: It was on Uh, f right? Yeah, she's
3: brilliant in this show. Parks and Rec, I've always been vouching for her. The son
4: of Dr... of Professor Xavier. Really? So like, yeah, it's yeah. a really good show. The first season, anyway. And also and Parks and Recs. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Also, like have you career.
2: seen the movie that she did last year? It's really good. It's a Netflix movie. Emily the movie. Criminal. Emily the Criminal. Yeah. It's really good movie.
1: I didn't like it. Uh, and <laughs> there's decent. another uh, Something Goes West. Ingrid Goes Ingrid West. Goes Ingrid Goes west. west. Yeah. yeah.
3: It's, it's a really good one. Ingrid yeah. Goes West.
1: Mm-hmm. And I feel like Aubrey Plaza, um, she was like a really. Uh, she had like a small role here, but you can see her character like everywhere all around, like yeah, everywhere like all at once. It's yes. like foreshadowing her whole career.
3: And she's kind of like screw you, Scott, the whole time. Yeah. So what can I f- get you? Is there anywhere you don't work? They're called jobs. Something a f- ball like you would know anything about. And by the way, I can't f- believe you asked Ramona out after I specifically told you not to f- do that. How are you doing that with your mouth? Never f- mind how I'm doing it. What do you have to say for
1: yourself? And for Envy, she is like, yeah, but I want to be your friend. You know, it's like another uh, shade of Aubrey Plaza.
2: Exactly. And like she's uh, that's that's actually a really good point about her character (laughs) because she's this not really an asshole because like she's been an asshole too, an asshole. Yeah, she's like a tough love person. But like, uh, uh, yeah, she's a tough love person and then and she's right because like she's like don't date her because you're gonna ruin her like you did all
3: your exes yeah so she's right
1: we didn't talk about uh vegan police we didn't talk oh, about Oh, so the
3: vegan police you got thomas <laughs> jane who was the punisher yeah and the lead in the mist uh and clifton Collins jr who's like a very underrated character actor he's in yeah. westworld also he's a great character actor he was in capote um so they come and they're like it's milk and eggs bitch or whatever they um and i love like uh
2: brandon ralph's reaction uh he's he of course plays todd the vegan and (laughs) like i love his reaction where like when they're like say when he says no but i have three strikes and they're like yes but you're eating like chicken and something else, and he's like
3: what chicken is not vegan
2: yeah
1: (laughs) so good yeah
3: and it's also like uh, there's a scene where right before that, when they're in the green room, and he talks about his like vegan lifestyle, and Brie Larson's there. Like, basically, long story short. Being vegan makes you better than other people. <laughs> and I'm yeah. like, literally, vegan's on social media these days. <laughs>
1: but I feel like the film is vegan very... Vegans have
3: always been like that. This is not a social media <laughs> thing.
1: <laughs> but the film didn't age well in, in terms of uh, politically correctness. Because oh, like he's sure. having fun of uh, uh, Chinese, Japanese people, gay people. Uh, gay <laughs> but people. like, I'm in no, but, but but yeah. I do feel,
4: I do feel maybe, I'm, maybe I haven't aged well as well, but I do feel that it's in good sport. Uh, unlike... Let's say 500 days with Summer or so. On. Like the mm-hmm. gay, the gay best friend. Although it's a trope, it. But
1: he, no, he's like the best character. Exactly. Yeah. Like by but far, he's a voice reason. By when he's far. saying to Knives, like you're not supposed to date of your race people. It's like what the
4: fuck? No, is but it? but Knives <laughs> is referring to Ramona as the fat ass white chick. Like I yeah. do. Feel, I do feel no. Uh, again, I do feel it's it's in good sport in it that it, gi- it gives those marginalized groups identity. And not being only a trope. Each one Interesting. Of, of those kind po- kind of portrayals mm-hmm. has meat to it. Like it's not using it Just as like a cliche. It. Yeah, exactly.
1: I I felt that only in the vegan, like when when he's like uh,
4: having a superpower, It's a very like two hun- thousand and ten joke
1: yeah yeah but but like i feel like it's uh yeah you're vegan and we're making fun of it's like this. jokes
4: we used to do in the army i don't know really yeah I know. can you like, still make fun of vegans today I don't I, know. yeah yeah I mean, you, you for can sure, make fun yeah. of anyone no, but you, you grew who, up is in it this still sanitized funny That's sanitized
2: the, ward uh, probably you guys had a similar high school experience as me i was born in like the 90s i think yeah Are you yeah. guys around the same too, age yeah. okay so like i had a i what like kids today were considered like a toxic high school experience because everyone was an asshole basically really <laughs> yeah like like you know like but it wasn't an asshole at the time right like you just did every single joke and, and political yeah. correctness didn't really exist. exist maybe like that's why these types of conversation like impact us in different ways because I know what you mean because like for me also I'm like I know that this today this might be wrong mm-hmm. But like, but I, I'm still enjoying I'm, it. I'm enjoying it, and I don't think it's in bad spirit, like you said. No, but like I, a look
4: again. I, I'm the first. I'm uh, when I see non-politically correctness in movies, I cringe. And again, I feel I feel that in other films of those of this era, yeah, uh, uh, they it age can be poorly. Bad. Yeah, exactly. If they use it, but here again, I do feel that specifically, it's not a. They're in on the joke as the characters and being fully realized, characters never used just as a trope or as a mean. And uh, I think that what, to me, changes yeah like made, made it uh, kind of age much better yeah. uh, things that uh, didn't age well for me was the in the movie in the music aesthetic because I kind of saw myself in uh, it so <laughs> I got it. and
1: for me at uh, the scene that I'm cringing every time I'm seeing it it's the song the hipster cheeks song of Matthew Patel it's like I can never see it oh yeah
2: that's, what about that's that's very cringe. that cringe. Yeah. that also got me that, that, that got me. you'll
3: pay for this full hours. I think, like, the Brie Larson song kind of became an icon. Online. I love this song. Like, she was already a singer. At, she did this movie at 19, and she was, like, dropping songs back then already. She was
1: 19 in this film? Mm-hmm.
4: She looks yeah. she's one of She's oh. by far one of the best actresses working today. And she's the really only one with an Oscar lost, from this cast. She's lost on the Marvel train. Yeah, like, and we yeah. saw her
1: on Cannes Film Festival. Like, yeah, she was there. She was when, there. She's an yeah.
4: incredible actress. And uh, if you have... Uh, it's not, it's not yet, but it's just a good recommendation. Short Term Twelve, which she made the same Incredible. year, is one mm. of the best films I've ever seen. Really, It's it was an a indie of years film after made for like two dollars. It's unique. It's touching. It's smart. It's amazing. And wow. Was <laughs>
2: it around that time that she was in Community as well?
4: I have a bit later. I bit think later? it was
3: around, maybe it
4: was
2: even probably later. 2010. 2011. Short
3: Term 12 was 2013, and then she won an Oscar early 2016 for Room. Got yeah, it, because
2: because I remember like uh, when I did That's my rewatch of Community, and I saw her, I was like, oh, I know no your yeah. <laughs> It yeah. was yeah. like Larson.
3: Allison Brie, Brie Larson <laughs> in the same room, the Brie. There's a scene right after the the bleep with Aubrey Plaza where she comes and she's like a uh, the same way as the poster behind her ah, and uh, and she like sees Ramona and she's like okay I'm jealous and uh she's <laughs> like we uh she's like Todd's playing t-, or no she was playing I forget the name of the band but it was a really good name. Demonhead uh, Head uh, something yeah, Clash of Demon Head. Uh, Clash of Demon Heads playing tonight. You should so totally come. And he's like no and she's like you're on the list and she walks away. It's like very iconic scene. <laughs> I hope
4: we had uh, the opportunity to bring some, uh, not philosophical this time, but may- maybe more film critic kind of uh, scope to it. But before we leave, we would like to share with you guys a, a, a segment we like to call, should It! Movies from, from the Basement! <laughs> <laughs> so, Basement <laughs> Films, or Movies from the Basement, is those films, those esoteric gems that only you have seen but you truly believe everybody should watch. And within this segment, we had some gems like Frankenstein has created a woman. It's mm. <laughs> an actual movie? It's yeah. A, it's top ten just for me and Scorsese. That's it. <laughs> Nobody else likes it. <laughs> uh, and today we have a double bill in our films <laughs> from the basement uh, segment. I think we're gonna start with Gal.
3: Oh my God! You really so this my pick. We're trying to do something here that's connected to Scott Pilgrim, and my pick was kind of spoiled by the guy on my left. Really, but I want to get more into it. I think you might have seen it. I was thinking because we have Aubrey Plaza here, and she plays a lot of, I guess, a similar like weird character in a lot of her Hi, movies. *Ingrid She's Goes very, West*. I was gonna say *Ingrid <laughs> Goes West*. Oh, wow. so
4: tell us a little bit about it.
3: So, I feel like it's a. I only discovered it this, not discovered it because I knew about it, but I only watched it this year. And it's basically, I don't want to say relevant, but, but you'll understand it's, it's kind of relevant. relevant because about this very, very weird and unpredictable world of influencers. And Aubrey Plaza plays the biggest toxic fan of an influencer on Instagram played by Elizabeth Olsen. And uh, she decides to like drive to go west. I forget how far where she came from, but... Okay, she's from Pennsylvania, according to Wikipedia. So she literally travels the country just to plant herself in this influencer's life. And her neighbor is played by O'Shea Jackson Jr., who is also like a highlight in this movie. And it's very much about like the toxic fan culture and how people can just be psychos sometimes and like going viral. Like morality just doesn't fit in that sometimes. And like the energy of this movie... um, just matches like the weirdness and the, I guess like the social media relevance that this movie's trying to approach. So that's my movie. Amazing, Amazing
1: film. Yeah. It's really good film. And I feel like, uh, as opposed to other films about influencers, it doesn't have a double standard. Like it's a black peach black comedy and it doesn't like the, the character is bad, but we are good. So, uh, Yeah, so it's It's also
3: not shielding the influencers from the criticism.
1: Yeah. And the other film, Nitai, for me, it's a 2004 film of the director and actor Zach Braff. Bam. Garden State.
3: No. You know how many times I've meant to see this movie and I just know, haven't seen I it haven't yet. I haven't seen it yet.
1: either. Wow. So Liad hates hipster films. So he, he I doesn't love, love hipster uh, films. Yeah, he doesn't <laughs> like uh, an obscure uh, <laughs> um, uh, emotional uh, gems. But Garden, St- Garden State is about a guy who's going back into his hometown and then he finds a manic pixie dream girl played by. by uh, Um, Natalie Natalie Portman Portman. you love
4: your toxic
2: masculinity uh, (laughs) Israeli (laughs) actress uh, Natalie Portman yeah
1: and uh, in this film like Zach Braff as an actor coming to terms of his own uh, teenage years and uh, childhood years through the lens of uh, (laughs) a pixie dream girl (laughs) no (laughs) also but like through the lens of uh, hardcore drugs and oh, the way God. that the film treats can't uh, Molly and MDMA and all those stuff uh, relates to the way that he was growing up and struggling uh, to have like a regular relationship while not while he can't do it because of the drugs and the toxic environment that he was growing up with, and it's a very much emotional, dramatic, uh, soft core film. And I feel like everybody should watch it and also,
4: I want to watch it. Don't
1: so uh, i meant no, to no, put that that it on a couple of times. And really I went with a
4: different everybody movie? should watch the film. This film also was kind of the, the talk of the town in film school when we were growing up. Yeah, oh god! And instead. it was
1: like 2004. We were like yeah. uh 12, like 15. You I know? know this movie was big for like indie movies.
4: Again, watch movies. it as an adult. I think that. Uh, yeah, I feel. I, like I truly believe anybody, everybody should watch it at least once. Like it's, 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 it's something to be experienced. Yeah. Not necessarily a good thing, though. Yeah,
1: <laughs> and also don't learn from it. Watch it. Exactly. You know, no, like 100%. this is the way to watch films. Don't do drugs kids. <laughs> or do uh, we are not your parents the lesson you should learn <laughs> <laughs> anyway? Thank you
4: very, very much, film fanatics. Thank you, Alan. Thank you, thank Gal. You. Thank you. <laughs> thank you Uriagasi on the recording elements? How do you want to do the sound engineering? The sound engineering. Thank and you. you fine headphones. on the
1: video, TikToks, and everything. And for uh,
4: uh, making us do it together. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And for introducing us and intro
3: us. That actually wraps up season three. Um, so thank you so much to the incredible listeners. Thank you to our guests here. And again, thank you to our viewers for being obsessed, excited, and inspired with us over the last 30 episodes of this season and more to come very soon yeah. Alan anything more to add yes of course as always <laughs>
4: uh, as always follow us on Instagram TikTok the same goes with us movie eaters on any podcast platform YouTube Facebook yeah we're still using that and Instagram and whatnot and we usually end it by saying I don't know how it will work in English but that's right. Like, we were we and you were you